Welcome to First Mover. This is your place for the earliest look at every DFS slate. I'm Dario Offstein, your host and the director of analytics for Player Profiler. And today's show is brought to you by No House Advantage. More about them in a little bit. I just want to start off today's show. We're going to go over a couple of hits and misses from last week's show. As always, you guys know that this is a super early look. So the values that I like on Monday might not end up being the values that I'm liking the most as Sunday rolls around. But just some some good calls from last Monday. Um, Devin Singletary ended up with 73% of the snaps in Buffalo's first close game. So that's a good sign for him going forward. Led the team with nine receptions on 10 targets. And I think Diggs had the most targets with 11. So very good game for Devin Singletary. Also found the end zone on a receiving touchdown. Very solid game for Devin Singletary if you guys played him. Ramondre Stevenson, the signal was there last week. He outsnapped Damian Harris in week two. Did it again in week three, but this time he found the end zone. Had five targets, four receptions, 28 receiving yards, and he ran 26 routes to Damian Harris's 11. So Ramondre Stevenson's season is fully upon us. It seems like they're alternating drives, but every Patriots drive that Ramondre is in on happens to just last more plays. So maybe the coaches will catch up to what's going on there and start giving him even more playing time. You guys will hear more about the dynamic between their DFS pricing up ahead. And then Devontae Smith is another one I mentioned in the value sweet spot for wide receivers last week. And obviously he had a huge game, career best 30.9 PPR points. So if you guys stacked him with Jalen Hurts, as I did in my cash lineup, uh, you guys probably had a pretty good day as well. And then um, just some misses, you know, always can't get everything right. It's good to, to be open about that. So Jarek McKinnon, I've been high on, and I think that the the signal and the reason that I was high on him is he's outsnapped Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first two weeks. He did so again this week, but CEH got the touchdown. CEH had five targets, and McKinnon only had one, but McKinnon is still running more routes. I think this is one that we're hoping to see more in upcoming weeks, but it definitely didn't work out for us yesterday. And then Cousins and Tua Tagovailoa, the two quarterbacks that I kind of talked about as appealing um, potential value quarterbacks didn't really do much. They combined for three passing touchdowns. And I think this reinforces the importance of paying up for a quarterback in this modern DFS era that we're living in. So that's just something to, to think about going into this week. That'll do it for last week. Quick takes. And let's start talking about this week for main slate. We've got 12 games and the reason there's 12 is because the Saints are playing the Vikings in London. So that game will be kicking off at a lovely 6.30 a.m. for those of us on the West Coast here. Those 12 games are the Bills against the Ravens with the Bills favored by three over under a 53. The Chargers against the Texans in Houston. Chargers favored by six and a half over under a 45 and a half. The Cardinals are at Carolina and the Panthers are favored by one with an over under a 44 and a half. The Patriots are playing Packers at Lambeau and the Packers are nine and a half point favorites. Obviously, Mac Jones's health is going to play a big factor there. It seems like he might not be able to suit up this week. So that's a reason for the huge spread there. The Broncos are playing at the Raiders. Raiders are favored by one and a half with an over under of 46. The Browns are at the Falcons with an over under of 46 and a half and the Browns favored by three. The Commanders are at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by three, over under 42 and a half. 
Seahawks are playing at the Lions. Lions are six-point favorites with an over-under of 48.5. The Titans are playing at the Colts. Colts are favored by three. Over-under is 43. The Bears are playing at the Giants. Over-under is 39.5. That's the lowest one on the slate. And the Giants are favored by 2.5 points. The Jaguars are playing at the Eagles. And the Eagles are seven-point favorites with an over-under of 47.5. And then you've got the Jets at the Steelers. Steelers favored by four. Over-under is 41.5. So a lot of exciting offenses that we typically talk about in DFS are not on the main slate this week. So the top games, at least that I, that jump out to me right here on, on day one, is Bills-Ravens is obviously the crown jewel for this week's DFS slate. You've got a 53-point total. It's Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. Should be a really exciting game and should be a ton of points. So that's going to be the big one that everyone's going to be talking about stacking. Lions and Seahawks, that's a rematch of Week 17 last year, and they played for a total of 80 points, 51-29 win for the Seahawks. That was, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown and Rashad Penny winning people millions of dollars in best ball that week. And then the last of these top three most interesting games right off the bat, is Jaguars against Eagles. And the Jaguars are seven-point underdogs. It's an over-under of 47.5, but we know that the Jaguars have had a pretty good offensive line through these first three weeks, so they might be one of the teams that even has a chance of holding up against the Eagles, and we'll see if they're able to push the Eagles. Clearly, Vegas doesn't think it'll be that close, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that game uh, become a sneaky shootout. And then Just a quick note on some injuries we're monitoring going into this week. Not quite as many as last week, but still a good handful. Justin Herbert, with his rib injury, we're hoping to see him, you know, be more himself this week, but that's something to be aware of and thinking about going into it. Keenan Allen's hamstring injury is, you know, still have kept him out for two weeks now. Um, Sounds like he was a lot closer to playing this week, and hopefully we'll see him this time around. DeAndre Swift found out after the game yesterday that he had a shoulder injury. So not only is he dealing with the ankle injury that he played through in week two and week three, but now he's got this shoulder injury, which they're saying is week to week. I think we can probably take that to mean that it'll be mostly Jamal Williams this upcoming week. And we saw that DeAndre Swift didn't really touch the ball in the second half much. So that was uh, clearly already a factor, and we just didn't find out about it until after the game. And then I just wrote down here the receivers on the Buccaneers and the Packers because both been absolutely ravaged by injuries. Um, Tom Brady will be getting Mike Evans back, but they're not on the main slate this week at all. And then the Packers receivers, Sammy Watkins is on the IR and then Christian Watson uh, also didn't play yesterday. So the receiving core for Aaron Rodgers is very weak and hopefully he'll have more of his receivers back. So That's kind of a bird's eye view at this slate and just some of the minor things we're keeping track of in terms of injuries. And then let's get into the pricing on DraftKings for week four. At quarterback, you've got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts in a tier of their own. Allen's 8,400, Jackson's 8,300, and Hurts is 8,200. They've been by far the best three quarterbacks in fantasy so far this year, and they've earned that tier of their own. So you're going to have to pay up to roster any of them. And then there's a kind of a mini sub elite tier with Kyler Murray at 7,600, Justin Herbert at 7,100 and Russell Wilson at 6,700. 
Justin Herbert, obviously, if he were fully healthy, this would be an absolute steal. So we're going to have to, you know, see how the practice reports are this week. And then it'll kind of come down to your own gut call and you're making your DFS lineups and how much you think he's capable of doing. They have a good matchup against the Texans. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some very good Justin Herbert lineups in week four. And then if we are looking for value plays at quarterback, which again, I don't strongly recommend, um, but Jared Goff at 5,900 is in a pretty good spot against the Seahawks secondary. And on the other side of that game, you have Geno Smith at 5,400 with the Lions secondary, who has, which has been uh, definitely getting carved up so far this season. Derek Carr at 5,800 and Trevor Lawrence at 5,700 both have tougher matchups, but they've both looked pretty solid for fantasy thus far. The Raiders have been behind in every game and Derek Carr has had to just throw them back into it. So that's kind of the quarterback landscape. Like I said, a lot of the exciting fantasy offenses are off the main slate this week. There's no Patrick Mahomes. Um, for example, we'll see even more how this affects um, the receivers later on. But at running back, the elite tier is Jonathan Taylor at 8,800, Christian McCaffrey at 8,700, Derek Henry at 8,300, Saquon Barkley at 8,000, Nick Chubb at 7,900, Austin Eckler at 7,700, and Aaron Jones at 7,500. So as we've seen thus far this season, the total scoring for elite running backs and RB1s has been down, but that still shouldn't scare you away from playing the guys who are in good matchups here. Saquon Barkley against the Bears stands out. The Giants are favored in that game. And then Derrick Henry against the Colts. I feel like Derrick Henry in a divisional game is almost a guaranteed 100 yards and a touchdown. So don't be too shy from playing these elite running backs. I think when one of them hits their ceiling game, you're going to need them to be even close to the big money in DFS. And then just some other running backs as we go down the scale here. Javante Williams is 6,600 and Melvin Gordon is 5,800. They're getting to play the Raiders this week who just surrendered, you know, 100 yards and a touchdown to Terrick Henry. I think it was by halftime almost. And then AJ Dillon is only 6,000 in comparison to Aaron Jones is 7,500. They've been splitting routes, snaps, and carries almost perfectly 50-50 through this season. So AJ Dillon at 6,000 definitely stands out as a value, even though it seems uncomfortable to play him. Like you'd think of him as a backup, but that's really no longer the case. And then James Conner at 6,300. He's going to have seven more days between yesterday's game and week four to get a little healthier. I think that he has a good chance to be a very good, cheap value play at 6,300. The fact he was able to make it into yesterday's game is a good sign for his future health. And then some backups that are just priced to be total chalk if their starters aren't able to go is Jamal Williams at 6,100, who I've already mentioned. I think that DeAndre Swift's injury is going to keep him out for, you know, they're saying it's week to week. So Jamal Williams, 6,100 is probably going to be very chalky this week. And then Khalil Herbert, 5,700, coming off of a two touchdown, 150-yard game because uh, David Montgomery got hurt in the first quarter. If David Montgomery has to sit out again, Khalil Herbert 5,700 on DraftKings is going to be chalky as hell and a value play that you're probably going to want to at least have on some of your rosters. And then Ramondre Stevenson is 5,200. He's still cheaper than Damian Harris, who's priced at 5,300. So Ramondre Stevenson week, again, there's probably going to be a little bit more ownership on him now that we saw 
it break through last week, but that's exactly why we do this show and why we analyze the snaps and the touches in the way that we do. Devin Singletary is 5,900. He's in another potential shootout. I know that this game against the Dolphins didn't go as high scoring as we had hoped, but the Bills ran something like 88 or 89 plays, and Devin Singletary was on the field for 73% of them. So he's going to find himself in another good spot. I think that I'll probably be playing him. It's a good value. And then if we're looking for deep, deep values, I think Craig Reynolds at 4,700 is going to be a good pivot off of DeAndre Swift. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions don't um, go full bell cow with Jamal Williams and instead Craig Reynolds gets some run. And we've seen him last year. He's put up some good numbers. So definitely keep an eye on Craig Reynolds at 4,700 if we find out that DeAndre Swift isn't going to play this week. That about does it for the running backs on DraftKings. If we're going to look at the wide receivers on DraftKings, this is where you really see the effects of just all the teams that are off the main slate this week. No Bengals, no Vikings, no Rams, Niners. That means no Cup, Jefferson, Debo, Jamar Chase. So the top tier of receivers is Stefan Diggs at 8,400, Devontae Adams at 8,300, and then it jumps down to the sub-elite tier, which is normally, you know, there's normally there's more guys in the elite tier, but this is what we have this week. So it's Amon Ra at 7,700, AJ Brown at 7,400, Michael Pittman at 7,200, and Mike Williams at 7,000. And then I think there's a really appealing tier between six and 7,000, especially because the elite tier is so gutted this week. You've got Keenan Allen at 6,500. You don't see him this much cheaper than Mike Williams typically. And if he plays against Houston, I think that's a very good spot for him. Marquise Brown at 6,900 is coming off a game with 17 targets last week. And Arizona is probably not going to be playing from behind as they're facing the Panthers. But Marquise Brown is showing us that he is truly a wide receiver one for at least until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. And then just some other guys in this tier, DK Metcalf at 6,800 playing against the Lions. That's a pretty weak defense. He had three touchdowns when these two teams faced each other in week 17 last year. CeeDee Lamb is playing against the Commanders. He's 6,700. Gabe Davis is going to be a part of our favorite game on the slate, of course. He's 6,600. Christian Kirk is also 6,600. He's continuing to establish himself as an elite alpha receiver in Jacksonville. And the contract that everyone was clowning on the Jaguars for early in the offseason is looking pretty good right now. Terry McLaurin is 6,500. I probably won't be playing much of him. He got out-targeted by Curtis Samuel once again. Cortland Sutton is 6,400. He's clearly the alpha in Russell Wilson's offense. The touchdowns just haven't been there yet. Amari Cooper is 6,300. He's looked really good the last couple weeks, and he's seeing a huge opportunity share for the Browns. Alan Lazard is 6,200, and Drake London is 6,100. And Drake London, oh baby, he's... He's a real deal. I remember uh, when I worked for the USC football team, we had Drake London, Michael Pittman, and Amon Ross St. Brown all there. And I wouldn't have told you that all three of them would be elite target hogs in the NFL two years later, but it's pretty awesome to see. And then you've got just some value wide receivers, as always. Curtis Samuel, 5,700. Rashad Bateman, 5,600. I feel like I have to talk about those two guys every single week until we start seeing their prices go up. And then DJ Moore is all the way down to 5,300. He's seen six targets in all three games. We know that DJ Moore is talented. And I think that at this price, you probably have to play a little bit of him just because he's going to get right spot against the Cardinals. And we'll see what happens. Although the Cardinals have shut down 
Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams pretty thoroughly recently. So maybe it's not the week for the DJ Moore bounce back, but he's it's pretty stunning to see him at 5,300. Um, Garrett Wilson is 5,400. Hunter Renfro is 5,300. Jacoby Myers is 4,800. Another guy I talk about every week. He's a target hog for the Patriots. However, he is coming off an injury and Mac Jones might not play this week. So a little bit of concern for Jacoby Myers. Make that a lot of concern for Jacoby Myers. But if it works out, I'll definitely be playing him because he's just an absolute target monster. Romeo Dobbs is only 4,500. We saw him with eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown yesterday. Jahan Dotson is 4,300, which is actually, you know, his price went down because yesterday he underperformed. But in reality, he saw the most targets he's seen in any of their three games yesterday. So I'm excited for what the rest of this year holds for Jahan Dotson. I think he's very much in play at 4,300. George Pickens is 3,800. Another rookie who saw his most targets in a game last week. So I think that George Pickens, if we looked up next week and I told you that George Pickens had scored two touchdowns, I don't think any of us would be all that surprised. So George Pickens, 3,800, definitely in play. I was surprised to see him that cheap. And then Paris Campbell is 3,400. And the only reason I mention it is he's still running more routes than Alec Pierce and Ashton Doolin but he has been out-targeted by those guys who are splitting the number three receiver role in every game this year. So he's even cheaper than Alec Pierce. He's 3,400 and Pierce is 3,900. But the routes still are telling us that Campbell is the number two receiver and maybe a big week could be coming soon. So if you're really looking to spend the absolute minimum on one of your receiver slots this week, you could do worse than Paris Campbell. And let's go on to the tight ends on DraftKings. Mark Andrews is alone in the top tier because the Chiefs are not on the main slate this week. Andrews is 7,100. And then we take a pretty big step down to Darren Waller, 5,600. Kyle Pitts at 5,000. Zach Ertz at 4,700. Another guy who had 10 targets yesterday. And then Dallas Goddard at 4,500. And I think many of us have been surprised to see the Eagles offense supporting very well A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. So Dallas Goddard, um, obviously in play at 4500 he's the fifth highest priced tight end this week. And then some value at tight end. Dalton Schultz is only 3900 We still don't know if he's going to play tonight, although it sounds like the PCL injury is pretty concerning. But if he plays tonight, we can only assume he'll be feeling better by Sunday. And we know that he's a, someone who earns a lot of targets in that Cowboy offense. Dawson Knox is 3800 He only saw four targets yesterday on 43 routes which is pretty concerning, but we know that he's going to be in an elite game environment against the Ravens this week. We know that he is someone that Josh Allen likes in the red zone. So I think it's only a matter of time before Dawson Knox has that two touchdown week, and you're going to want to be ahead of the curve on that rather than behind it. And then staying in that game, Isaiah likely is only 2,700 at on DraftKings this week. So I think there's actually room for some sneaky, if you want to get like a, you know, Lamar Jackson stacked with Isaiah likely to go cheap and then get Stefan Diggs on the other side of it this week. I think that's very much in play. Isaiah likely was at a 49% route participation through the first two weeks. And even yesterday, he was the fourth most routes on his own team. It goes Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and then Isaiah likely in terms of routes run. So I think Isaiah likely another guy with a big game incoming. And then um, Tyler Conklin has seen seven, at least seven targets in all three games. He's averaging eight per game. He's still only 3,600. David Njoku 
is only 3,700, and we saw his ceiling on Thursday Night Football. I'm surprised he's staying that cheap as well. So there's actually a lot to like cheap at tight end on DraftKings. And then we'll go to the defenses. The Packers are 4,100. I think they'll be super chalky if Mac Jones misses this game and they're playing against like Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi. And then the Eagles at 3,800 and the Chargers at 3,700 are both defenses that we know to be good. They have good pass rushes and they're in spots where they're big favorites. So that explains their high price tag. And then last week I talked about just how sometimes you have an ugly game and both defenses are in play for fantasy. And I think that this week there's two such games and that's the Giants against the Bears. Giants defense is 3,100 on DraftKings and Bears is 2,700. The Cowboys against the Commanders is the other game I think falls into this category. Although the Cowboys are priced up a little bit, they're 3,500 and that's because they have Micah Parsons and Carson Wentz loves getting sacked. And then Commanders defense is 2,600. They'll still be playing against Cooper Rush. So I think that's going to be a value going back the other way on that game. And then just going to give you guys, as usual, a sample lineup here for DraftKings going with a Lamar Jackson double stack. I'm sure you guys aren't too surprised for that one. And then uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Rashad Bateman bringing that back with Devin Singletary, who, as I said, I love this week as a value at running back. And then getting a little bit of skinny correlation involved with Ramondre Stevenson and Romeo Dobbs. And then just rounding this lineup out with Cortland Sutton, Jahan Dotson, and the commander's defense. So I'll just read that over in one go for you guys with the prices. That's um, Lamar Jackson, 8,300. Devin Singletary, 5,900. Ramondre Stevenson, 5,200. Romeo Dobbs, 4,500. Rashad Bateman, 5,600. Cortland Sutton, 6,400. Mark Andrews at 7,100. Jahan Dotson at 4,300 and the Washington defense at 2,600. This leaves us with $100 salary left over. So I, you know, it's Monday, obviously big, big disclaimer, but there's a lineup that I like for week four. And before we go over to FanDuel, I want to take a quick minute to shout out to the sponsor of this show. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. They have pick'em contests where you can play against other people for shots at winning huge amounts of cash, such as $250,000 or more. You can download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and you get points for every pick. Usually it's seven or 10 prop picks. And you can see, you know, watch the leaderboard and you can earn big money every day. They have, you know, every major sports league, the NFL, NBA, PGA, NASCAR, and MMA too. And then you can also play against the house. It's not just pick them against other people. You can play versus the house and just do parlay up to five player props and win 20 times your money if you get all those right. So you can sign up now with promo code podfather at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to download No House Advantage today. Experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play, but where you play, and you don't want to miss out on this. I've been using their platform recently, and I've hit some good wins. So definitely get on No House Advantage. Really glad to have them as a sponsor of the show and really like what they're doing for fantasy football and fantasy sports in general right now. And with that, Let's talk about the FanDuel pricing for this week. So I've already kind of gone into, you know, who I like at each position and the matchups. So I just kind of want to go through the prices quickly and get you guys in tune with where 
there's arbitrage and where the values are on FanDuel this week. So at quarterback, it's the same elite tier. Josh Allen's 8,900. Lamar Jackson's 8,800. And Jalen Hurts is 8,600. Russell Wilson is a much better value on FanDuel. He's only 7,100. It's been that way, I think, the entire year. Um, Here we have Justin Herbert at 8,000 and Kyler Murray at 7,800. So you see Herbert not quite as discounted this week with the injury and all that. So I think if I am inclined to play any Justin Herbert, it'll be on DraftKings this week. Jared Goff is extremely overpriced in my opinion. I think he was like the sixth highest quarterback at 7,600. So if you are targeting that Lions-Seahawks game, I think you're, I'm more inclined to play Geno at 6,600. Geno Smith at 6,600, that is, this week at quarterback for FanDuel. And at running back on FanDuel this week, we have something we haven't seen all year. It's Nick Chubb as the most expensive running back. He's 9,200. Christian McCaffrey is 8,800. Jonathan Taylor is 8,700. Derrick Henry's 8,600. Austin Eckler is 8,400. And Saquon Barkley is 8,100. So it's pretty surprising to see Nick Chubb at the top of this, but he's been absolutely crushing this year. Their offense is flowing through him right now, and it's not too shocking to see him getting priced up. But I'll tell you guys more about my read on that situation in a sec. We've got Jamal Williams at 7,400 and Khalil Herbert at 7,200. They're both priced the same as their starters. So DeAndre Swift is also 7,400 and David Montgomery is also 7,200. That means that, you know, the potential for massive chalk because of the huge value isn't really there this week. FanDuel has uh, sort of preempted that one. James Conner is only 6,800. He's going to be cheap volume on both sites this week. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are priced a little closer together here. You have Aaron Jones at 7,300 and AJ Dillon at 6,500. I think they're both still potentially going to be very good plays in a game where we expect the Packers to be ahead for most of the game. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are also closer together. Javante is 6,900 and Melvin Gordon is 6,500. And then Kareem Hunt stands out to me as a very solid value this week on FanDuel. He's only 6,100. Here's his box score numbers from last for the first three weeks of the season. Carries went 11, 13, and 12, and his targets have gone 4, 2, and 4. So he's very much still involved in the Cleveland offense. It's the running back tandem that is fueling them, I think. And Kareem Hunt got those touchdowns in week one. We were all very concerned. So I think that you can still play Kareem Hunt now. The opportunity hasn't gone away. The opportunity is all the same. In fact, he's only 1,900 less on DraftKings than Chubb. But on FanDuel, he's $3,100 cheaper than Nick Chubb. So especially on FanDuel, I'm looking to play some Kareem Hunt and get that sweet, sweet value this week. Devin Singletary is only 6200 Ramondre Stevenson is only 5,900. He's still cheaper than Damian Harris on FanDuel as well. And then Zach Moss at 5,200 is another deep bargain bin who I think is more in play on FanDuel because of the half PPR format. Zach Moss could very easily get a touchdown if that Ravens-Bills game turns out to be the high-scoring affair that we project it to be. So the well is pretty dry in terms of cheap running backs, but I think that Zach Moss is someone to consider. Now let's go over to the receivers on FanDuel. You've got Stefan Diggs at 8,700, AJ Brown at 8,300, Amon Ross St. Brown at 8,000, and Devontae Adams at 7,900. It's pretty weird to see Devontae Adams behind AJ Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown, but that just means that we'll be playing some Devontae Adams on FanDuel. So that's that's kind of the 
elite tier. And then close after that is this appealing second tier that I talked about on DraftKings as well. You get Marquise Brown at 7,700, Christian Kirk at 7,600, Amari Cooper at 7,500, Michael Pittman at 7,500, Keenan Allen at 7,300, Mike Williams at 7,200, and DK Metcalf at 7,100. On FanDuel, we don't get that big discount on Keenan Allen relative to Mike Williams, and Amari Cooper and Christian Kirk aren't quite as affordable, but that does mean that Cortland Sutton is very affordable at 6,800, and C.D. Lamb is also 6,800. They're both less than Tyler Lockett, surprisingly. You've got Drake London at 6,300, and Alan Lazard at 6,000, while Romeo Dobbs is 5,900. Another situation where there's no big discount in that offense. So if you want Romeo Dobbs and you believe in him in week four, you're going to have to pay pretty much the same as what it costs to get Alan Lazard. And Jahan Dotson is 5,700, not quite as huge of a value as he is on DraftKings, but I think still very much in play. And DJ Chark is 5,700, which is cheaper than Josh Reynolds, who goes up to 5,900, which I think um, makes DJ Chark all the more interesting. He came out and had two big receptions on their first drive. And I think that DJ Chark, if you have, you know, one game and, you know, that's what DFS is, DJ Chark's ceiling game is always going to be higher than Josh Reynolds's. So to get him cheaper, I think is going to be very appealing. And then Elijah Moore is only 5,500. He had 186 air yards yesterday. Now, I know that Garrett Wilson was hurt for part of the game, but air yards do typically convert to real yards pretty soon after. So Elijah Moore, 5,500. That big week is coming soon, and I think you're going to want to get in on the ground floor there as well. And now let's go over to tight end here on FanDuel. Mark Andrews leading the way at 8,400 and a tier of his own. You've got Darren Waller at 6,500. Dallas Goddard, 6,200, and Kyle Pitts at 6,100. And then FanDuel, in my opinion, has done a better job of evenly pricing these volume tight ends. So if you want like a David Njoku or a Tyler Conklin, they're going to cost you more similar to Gerald Everett. So let me just read you down that whole tier really quick. David Njoku is 5,700. Pat Fryermuth, 5,600. Zach Ertz, 5,500. Gerald Everett is 5,500. TJ Hawkinson is 5,400. Tyler Conklin is 5,400 and Dalton Schultz is 5,300. So all these guys who have been getting targets in 2022 are much closer together here on FanDuel. So it's going to be kind of tougher to pick out the the good plays this week. And then as far as value at tight end goes, Dawson Knox is a little cheaper than that. He's only 5,000. Robert Tunyon is 4,900. He's someone who I think still provides you an avenue for cheap volume. And Isaiah Likely, for all the reasons that I've said he might be a good play this week. He's only 4,300. So if he's if you're looking to punt tight end this week, Isaiah Likely is definitely the way to go, in my opinion. And now let's look at the defenses on FanDuel. You've got the Packers at 5,000, once again, leading the way. And then those favorites with good defenses that I talked about are the Eagles, and they're at 4,600, and the Chargers at 4,400. And they're actually a little more affordable here on FanDuel because some other defenses have been priced up. The Cowboys are 4,700, the Browns are 4,500, and the Steelers are 4,800. And I don't like any of those three defenses as much as I like the Eagles or the Chargers this week. And then that Giants and Bears matchup that I talked about, you've got the Giants at 4,300 and the Bears at 4,100. That should be a low scoring affair with two turnover prone quarterbacks. So 
you can probably take your pick on either side of that one. And then we've got my FanDuel sample lineup for you guys, of course. And this one is a Jalen Hurts double stack. We're able to fit AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard in with him. And then this week, I love being able to run back this Eagles stack with Christian Kirk. Feel really good about both sides of that. And then I've got Rashad Bateman and Devin Singletary in there again. Use that in my last lineup, but I love the play this week. They're in a good spot. Get that correlation. And then scooping up more running back values, Kareem Hunt in here, Ramondre Stevenson, and then I went with the Chargers defense. So let me read you this lineup top to bottom. It's Jalen Hurts at 8,600, Kareem Hunt at 6,100, Devin Singletary at 6,200, Christian Kirk at 7,600, AJ Brown at 8,300, Rashad Bateman at 6,600, Dallas Goddard at 6,200, Ramondre Stevenson at 5,900, and the Chargers defense at 4,400. I was surprised that I was able to build a lineup that I liked this much with these three value running backs. You know, you get Hunt, Singletary, and Stevenson, and that's enough to be able to afford a premium double stack with Hertz, AJ Brown, and Goddard, and bringing it back with Rashad Bateman, who is very much growing into becoming an elite receiver in his own right. So that does it for the sample lineup. That does it for FanDuel in week four. And that is just about it for first mover for week four. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to No House Advantage for sponsoring this episode of First Mover. And we will see you all back here on Monday of next week to talk through the earliest look at the week five DFS slate.